plan. It, it'll be a low-end standard plan for three individual taxes. We ain't got, we don't have enough money for three individual caskets. I keep telling you that. We got room for one casket. We we just need this big enough, man, so you can get everybody in there and close the door. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go back and forth with you, sir. I know this is a time of... Then go, then you ain't got to go back and forth with me. Build, build this that I need so I can bury my family. I don't really know what to tell you, sir, but I'm just really trying to help. I'm trying Won't to help. Won't you tell me you're yeah. going to get three people in the casket looking because good? We can't two, do that. Two. We cannot do that. Who the f*** you all in that, man? So, I'm the one going through bereavement. I understand that, but you are, you're, 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 you're using foul language. It, it's just, we can't do it, brother. You hear me? Like, no, 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 like, no, 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 hold on. No, My no, cousin no, them no, said no, they wanted to use the right No, sir. No. We can't do okay, it. Okay, Y'all gonna bury these three people, and you gonna put all three of them in the same damn thing. And I'm not the one. You will be in the ground. Everyone's been stuck inside or just been on the internet. It does sort of feel like a lot of people have, like, reduced into this sort of, like, very binary, reactionary kind of um, way of thinking about things, um, and I don't like I, I don't necessarily mind it too much because I do kind of find a lot of that stuff quite entertaining. But I, like that never sort of generally seems to be how people are in real life. Do you know what I mean? Um, or at least the people that you'd kind of want to hang out with on a regular basis would be course social media kind of is like that but I found Twitter to be particularly bad for that you know just this like endless feed of information and content that just like you know new stuff appears every second you can just scroll it you know endlessly um, and I just, yeah, I just hate the way, I hate what it's done to politics, I hate what it's done to like, just discourse in general, really. It's kind of turning us all against each other and perpetuating the worst aspects of politics and life in general, I would say. It's only productive if you're trying to build a personal brand for yourself, I feel like if that's your thing, and if that's what you want, then it's definitely productive for that, but it's not particularly productive for, for anything else, for anything that I would consider to be worthwhile. It's just good for people that want to be loud. Thing and the actual studio experience were just two completely different things. But then, you know, as time went on, I kind of, you know, they sort of found a way of merging together. And now, when I'm writing the music, I try and think about how it can be recreated live. But then, obviously, like during this 
last lockdown, you know, when this like new record of mine has been sort of like finished. I wasn't really thinking about gigs very much, you know. Um, so I think that's why right now doing a live show to me seems really weird and a bit daunting because I've got all this material I would like to play live, but actually I'm not sure how to make it translate. I don't know what to say about this record in a weird way. It, it kind of just sort of happens. And it's probably like the easiest... Uh, the, e the easiest time I've had making an album, I would say, out of like... Especially within like the last kind of five or six years anyway. So pretty much straight after the... Um, the last one came uh, came out. Um, I got approached to do a mission uh, to make music for this dance performance. <clears throat> so uh, this choreographer was just like, "Oh, you know, I'm doing this. I've got the show, um, and I'd like to do the music for it." So I began the early like initial stages of writing this record began as uh, writing for this um, dance show um, and then of course the dance show never happened so it kind of ended up becoming access you know
I kind of knew I had to get like a lot of stuff to present to this guy, uh, the choreographer. And I think not being so precious about that um, definitely helped because it meant I had a lot of material to um, work through when it came to sort of editing down the final pieces. I would say it, it sort of helped shape the direction the record took as well and, um, because the guy kind of seemed to want he was wanting something quite noisy. He wanted that kind of like, you know, these kind of like disruptive moments of sound. Um, and I think that definitely helped push the record in a sort of noisier place than maybe the last two have been. So that there were some uh, scenes of um, improvised uh, improvised movement um, but sort of based around a theme um, on tree. I've absolutely no idea how to kind of like like describe dance because it's not it, it's not a medium I really know anything about so talking about it is a bit weird but, um, but yeah like I had, I had some video clips of you know like of uh, quote unquote dancing you know like just sort of um, movement that was there to for me to react against and then just a lot of like descriptive um, text you know things that he wanted or you know thing like ideas that he had um, it was all kind of quite vague really I mean it, it like because the um, because the show was kind of like aborted in sight of COVID like a couple of months in advance because he's based in Hong Kong so he kind of saw it coming and pulled the plug quite early on <clears throat> you know it never really got to a point where it was like anything sort of like um, solid but by that point I'd kind of had half the records kind of pretty much in the can anyway so it was kind of pretty easy to go on from there and you know, turn it into what it became. never wanted my music to be defined by the equipment it's made using do you know what I mean and like a lot of the time when it comes to gear the only regular gear I have is the stuff that I use to make the use to perform the music right and that's never normally what I use to make it if you know what I mean the processes of actually making the music sort of go beyond the gear itself you know there's a lot of processing there's a lot of like recording stuff and reprocessing and a lot of it 
is sometimes done within the computer as well, you know. Um, I mean, I'll probably say that this one I used more, I used more hardware. But I guess that was kind of like as a result of just being at home, you know, like locked down. I just bought a couple of new bits because I was sort of a bit bored, you know. So it was like, yeah, the circumstances dictated dictated that in a way. started enjoying like old New York hardcore again actually kind of funny yeah um, like listen to like Madball Cro-Mags um, like Bad Brains I was, I was listening to the Bad Brains a lot um, and especially that that album Quickness oh. which I never really liked at the time but I've kind of come to really really like now Quickness is kind of like it's a bit more it's when they definitely started going a bit more rocky, but it's got that kind of, I don't know, kind of, it feels more closely linked with UK hardcore stuff that was going on at the time. So it's quite, it's still quite sort of like, it's quite groove orientated. Um, yeah, it's, but can raise some alarm bells, but you know, I'll be quite enjoying it.
when I was still in school just kind of playing along to like indie and punk records that I liked at the time um, and then also around around then I started getting an interest in electronic music as well um, and I, my first bit of electronic gear that I've ever had was a Roland Groovebox which you could kind of program to make kind of pretty sort of basic like trance techno um, so I had one of those and I was kind of playing around with that um, but that never really sort of like ever amounted to anything it was I was kind of more I felt like I was getting more out of guitar at the time um, played in a couple of bands around then um, and then started Birds of Delay with Steve just because we, you know, we, we were kind of getting into noise music around then and we were like, you know, well, we, we could probably have a go at doing this. Um, so yeah, we just kind of started doing that. That kind of just like grew over the years. Um, and then that ended up with us, you know, splintering off, doing our own solo things. Then Helm came out of that, I guess, maybe about like seven years later. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of the journey that I took.
Feel his pulse 
Turnstile record. Yeah, and that was funny. Yeah. Like, I kind of can't believe I know this record more than any of the other listed. Yeah. And it's kind um, of I don't want to like, but it, it is kind of infectious. Or like something about the way they blend like hardcore with some of these pop uh, sensibilities or something is pretty, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel exactly the same as you. Um, and yeah, I, I, I never expected to like it either, but I've just, I've kind of spent the last five days just like going back to it quite a lot. And um, I don't know, just that there's, there's a lot to work out in it. Like it kind of, it's kind of a very like, yeah, the, the in, infectious is sort of the uh, the best way of putting it, I think. And actually it really reminds me of like bits of that Bad Brains record I was just talking about. Like, and then, and then sometimes it kind of remi- like makes you think of like the police and then, you know, it's got those like hot, um, those hooky kind of pop moments. Um, yeah, it's just like a good kind of cheesy rock record, I think. And that's kind of rooted in hardcore. Because it felt like, um, like, it's not my favorite thing, but it definitely felt like the people in that band had, like, borrowed from a lot of some of the more effective, like, pop and R&B kind of records of the past, like, five or ten years. Yeah, sure. You, you can hear those influences. And, that, and it is produced by a... I think it's produced by a kind of prominent um, hip hop R and B producer as well. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that kind of comes across with it in the in the production.
entire cosmos is shivering with joy. It's our inheritance. You were made for joy, my friends. Illusion and conditioning are the fallen trees obscuring our path. The names of things. What must stay concealed when we name? Delight. Delight celebrates the shuddering beauty of everything that is. Delight revels in exaltation. Delight does not need to possess or harness or profit or name. Delight is our true estate. I want to introduce you to a new expression of life. There is no name for this. It has no features. It does not belong to the animal, vegetable, or mineral kingdom. There are no available concepts for you to attach to this being. It was created just this moment, and it is dripping with the freshness of a newborn universe. I invite you to admire this being with me, to delight in its incomprehensible symmetry. Always new lands to explore, new languages to be spoken to express the inexpressible. Silence seems to be the closest approximate. So I'll grow as quiet as an old growth forest, and we can wander together, transfixed in wordless reverie. listening to it, it was like basically like when I guess bands like Underworld and the Prodigy started like um, getting big in the charts 
you know, it, it, it would have been like Prodigy's music for the jilted generation. Um, but I, I mean, actually, to be honest, like the first band I ever got into as a, as a kid was the Pet Shop Boys. Right. Um, so really, that was like the first electronic music I've ever like, heard. It's kind of also some of the first music I've ever heard that I really loved. Um, and also, you know, I, I just remember sort of watching them and seeing Chris Lowe just sort of like standing at the back with this kind of synthesizer and just kind of thinking like, what, like all the music comes out of that? Yeah. You know, that, that's amazing. Um, that, that, that was my perception of it, you know, which is obviously not the reality, but like that really kind of just seeing that and the connection between like just that solo synthesizer and this massive, like expansive sound was like really fascinating to me. Um, so that was basically, you know, like that was the first thing that kind of drew me to electronic music, I suppose, or at least opened my imagination to it. But then obviously, yeah, like as yeah, seeing like going back to a band like Prodigy, you know, they, they were playing a lot of like festivals like the mid nineties onwards, so you'd see like footage of them playing on TV and seeing Liam Howlett with his like racks and racks of gear and just like looking at I, I just remember watching those and looking at that and just being like, How the fuck is that? Is he yeah. using any of that, you know? I guess there was just always like that element of mystery with electronic music that rock music didn't really have. You know, like I felt with rock, you know, I understood it and I could like I could see how it was being made. You know, um, with electronic music to me was always a bit of a mystery, and I guess it still kind of is. You know, like because I, I see when I see people play, I. Kind of, there are times I'm like, yeah, I have no idea how you're doing this, you know, and, it's, and that's cool. I like, I like that.